We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. The Bills make me wanna All right, obviously, uh, really disappointing uh, you know, game for us. Dalton from the critical third and one. It's Bernard shot out of a cannon into the end zone for the Cincinnati touchdown. We got to look at, you know, take a long, hard look at what we're asking our guys to do. 12 play of the drive that started in the long 22. It's caught into the end zone by Tyler Eifert for the Cincinnati touchdown. They go right at Bacali Rambo. You have a vision for what this team could be. And, you know, when we're healthy. And it's just, you know, it's frustrating because you don't have your parts. I know that we can compete with anybody. I think I know where this team can go. And I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that we'll get there. That was Spiro Ditas with the calls from the game from CBS Sports and Rex Ryan from the interviews at buffalobills.com. Are you confident, Rex? Are you? Because I'll tell you what, I'm not. <laughs> oh, the Bills, ladies and gentlemen. Your 2015 Buffalo Bills. Bullshit play calling. Garbage adjustments. You got a defensive coordinator that's not in tune with his talent and a whole new slew of injuries. This is our team. <laughs> Don't. Oh, before I. Let me reel it back in here for a second. I sat there in the stands at that game, tweeting nasty things at Howard Simon. Just all, Patriots fans are following me on Twitter now, and there's all kinds of fallout from this thing that I just I need to take a second and just prepare myself before I start trying to sum it all up because it's too frustrating for me to get out all at once. Talking to my girlfriend today, and she says to me, Drew, people don't want to listen to podcasts where people have negative things to say about the teams. They, you know, they, they want to hear good things. They want to hear things that make everybody feel good about their team. Well, that's not what I'm here for. That is not what I'm here for. That's not why I do this. I'm here to talk about the 2015 Buffalo Bills. Listen here, you beautiful. I'm about to f- you up with some truth. Our team played like garbage. Okay, don't give me your about Dalton and how hot he's been, how well he's been playing. We barely made that guy think. 
at least the Seattle Seahawks put them down 24-7 before they lost the game. These guys ran the ball on us. They passed it on us. On offense, they did pretty much whatever they wanted in the second half. We had no answer for it. They went into a locker room, made some adjustments, and we had no answer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was getting yelled at by people around me for my negative attitude. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. I reserve the right to boo if I feel like it. Before you get into it anymore, uh, let's not forget, you are Drew Gear, the host, and I am Chris Kruger, producer of the Rockpile Report. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm pissed. (laughs) Rant. Continue the rant. You hear Eric Wood talking on the radio about how they only really script the first drive. What the hell? What, is Roman going to hit up the hot dog stand for the second and third one and just leaves it on them to coach themselves? What the hell is going on that you have a football team that can march down the field multiple times on the team's first drive of the game and then completely fall apart from there on out? If your offensive scheme and your offensive system game plan going into any specific game falls apart after one showing to the other team, then you probably shouldn't be coaching in the NFL. I know Roman's better than that. I know he is. You're talking about a guy who coached a team to a Super Bowl. I have faith in his ability, but right now he's failing us. I, 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 I don't even know what to say. I mean, you talk about his name getting, you know, before the season started, we were all worried that he was going to perform so well that some other team was going to come and scoop Roman away from us once he coached us to the playoffs. At this point, he, at this point, we should be more worried about him bailing on the NFL altogether and leaving for USC or Oregon, because I don't know anybody, any team right now who would trust their team to the, as a head coach, trust their team to a guy who can't script more than one drive, who can't make adjustments as the game goes on and can't get things done when it matters. Well, he does not have the uh, talent on offense right now with all of the injuries our team has. Don't you give me your shit about injuries either. Other football teams, you want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers have Landry Jones. That's right. Landry Jones, former Oklahoma quarterback, a guy I was super high on, Lance. I wanted him. We didn't get him. He floundered around the NFL, and yet he can come in as a third stringer in relief for the Steelers and go 164, two touchdowns, no picks, and they win a football game. I don't give I don't give a damn. This is the NFL. There's no crying in it. You have to have more players on your team who can step up in absences because of injury. And if not, then that's our GM's fault. That's his fault. Don't don't cry to me about injuries. Next man up, that's what we gotta have. On defense, our defense is not performing. The pressures and sacks just aren't there. And why? It's been highly publicized this week. You need to do what your players are built for. You hear it from the horses' mouths. You hear it straight from the horses' mouths. Some of the players talked this week about it, and you can hear it in their voices. Just listen to this from Nigel Bradham. Yeah, we, 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 uh, I mean, in certain situations, I mean, it was third and long. Like, you know, we was dropping we was dropping a lot of guys in those situations. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that just happened, man. Uh, we just, just got to figure out a way to get better. That was from buffalobills.com. Do you hear the way he started that? That's the tone of a guy who's trying to find a nice way 
to pull whatever's about to come out of his mouth. I have to do it all the time. I'm a jerk. I know. So sometimes before I talk, I got to kind of, oh, well, you know, uh, and that ah buys you enough time to go through your head and say, what can I say right now to not sound like a dick and not get myself in trouble? And that's what he did right there. Marcel and Mario didn't give a damn. They came out and flat out said it. Listen, they make, they get paid. Those guys get paid. They get paid to do a job, and right now Rex Ryan's scheme isn't letting them do their job. It, it is in one of his most recent pre- press conferences, which we've got a clip from from BuffaloPills.com. Rex Ryan even addressed it. Well, I, I would say that I probably agree with him. You know, when you look at it, uh, you know, sh- should we rush? You know, should we rush more this past week in particular? That, that's you know probably true. You know, I'm not I'm not perfect. He made, a, he made a comment this week about how on, on WGR about how he was trying to get them out of their comfort zone and get them used to doing some different things. These aren't freaking rookies. You don't have to coach them up. They're goddamn pro bowlers. If you can't hack coaching this caliber of player, then I'll tell you what, Rex. I'll be more than happy to come to your house and help you pack up everything you own into that stupid truck of yours and help you move it all back south. Okay, if you can't learn how to coach a Pro Bowl defensive line properly, then you can get the hell away from my football team. And all this other post-game, you know, bull**** that goes on. He gets up there on the podium and talks about how one game he's proud about how our team fought after they laid down on defense for the, for the New England Patriots. And then he says, oh, well, you know, we're a little disappointed. You're a little disappointed. You're the head coach of a football team that just gave up 98 points at home in front of your paying fans. You've embarrassed yourselves on multiple occasions in front of your fans and pissed away our home field advantage for most of the season. Okay? Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Don't do that. Don't tell me, oh, well, don't tell me that, you know, you're just a little disappointed, but at some point things will get better. That's what you're doing. Okay? And if you honestly believe that you're either, well, you're saying it, you're either disingenuous or you're delusional. That's it. You know your team sucked. Your team sucked on Sunday. I want to hear it. Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin is a he's a two-time Super Bowl winning coach, and he's a damn good one. He does not mince words. He's not afraid to take on personal blame when he makes a mistake. He's not afraid to call his players out when they need to work harder. Right now, he needs to call his coaching staff out and figure out how to get on the same page as his talent because that's what's going to win you football games is playing to the strengths of your talent. And when you don't do that, you end up with what we saw on Sunday. A team that, should we have won the game? Probably not. I, it's one of those situations where we probably shouldn't beat that team nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, we lose that game. But to lose it the way we lost it and to look, even though at the halftime, the scoreboard looked close. 17 to 14 at halftime, I believe it was. But after that, they never looked back. They just ran away from us. We were out of that game for much longer than we should have been, and it's embarrassing. I think the uh, first drive for the Bengals in the second half was the Tyler Eifert touchdown that you heard in the opening, and that was a, like a 12-play, 85-yard drive. Second half was filled with long drives from Cincinnati. And that's the thing. We went in there thinking, okay, some adjustments. Maybe we'll button this thing up. Maybe maybe we can keep it close. Nope. They came right out, drove down the field on us. That's, it drove down the field on us and scored. That's what a good offensive coordinator does for you. Where's ours? I believe wasn't Hugh Jackson 
interviewed. Hugh Jackson was interviewed to be our for, head coach. To be the head coach. They put a beating on us. Our defense, you got guys who shouldn't be. They've got Mario Williams and Marcel Darius dropping back in coverage. I don't ever want to see that again in my life. I'm sorry. You cannot convince me that it's okay that we have two guys who are making over $100 million a year as linemen and pass rushers dropping into pass coverage. I don't care how smart you think you are. Don't let your ego get the best of you. Oh, I can coach these guys in anything. Screw you, Rex. Screw you. If that's what you're coming into every game thinking, that you know better than everybody else. Because you know who knew better than you when it came to our defense? Jim Schwartz. That's who. That guy knew better than you, and he did better with our talent than you're doing, and it's embarrassing. The thing everyone, everyone's like, oh, it's just one game. What are the long-term ramifications of a season that continues like this? Well, at this rate, we're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. We can't string a win together. We're up and down every other week. So, you know, by that by that mark, we'll finish at 8-8. Eight and eight. Think about this. You're taking guys who are worth a ton of money and you're making them do things that they're not comfortable doing or that they're not good at. Yeah, think about this. We talked about it in our uh, our couple preseason shows. Mario Williams, we're gonna, he's a guy that we might look at if we want to free up some cap room to get keep the guys here inside of our locker room that we have. We're going to need him to restructure. Tell me why he's going to restructure and give us any kind of benefit of the doubt that he can win here if we can't do it now. With a seemingly stacked roster at the beginning of the season, we came into this thing knowing that we had to win or else people weren't going to stick around. We're going to have to cut Mario, and that opens up another hole that we got to fill. But our, our defensive line has to be where we have the best depth at on any spot on our team is on that defensive line. But Manny Lawson's not Mario Williams. Yeah, I know they're not. They're not Mario Williams or can play to the level of Mario Williams, but they're competent enough to play. Bryant, who's going to fill in for Kyle Williams for the next couple of games? That's like telling me Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, he's, he's okay. You know, EJ, he's pretty good. He's competent. He can fill in for bullshit. Get away from me. I can't. I'm producing this. God, I want to make you go sit in the living room for a second right now. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm so angry about this. You could literally buy this season is a make or break year for us, whether people realize it or not. Yes, I understand. It's just one season we've already missed for 15 years. But the thing is, there's a lot of there's a lot of things on the line for this season. If we can't prove that we can at least come close, that we can get right there. We're going to have to make some moves in the offseason in order to keep everyone, the important players, the young guys who are going to want around, our building blocks, to keep them around. We're going to have to make some some rough calls. I don't want to see us in that position. But you have to win football games in order to get guys to want to stick around. Who's due for a new contract on our roster? The only one that I can think of off the top of my head is because we are. We talk about it, it seemingly almost every week. Is I know Cordy Glenn will be up for a new contract. Cordy Glenn and Stefan Gilmore. And you know what? If anything, Glenn's just doing everything he can to drive his price down. Yeah. He's not going to get He's not getting a huge contract next year. And Stefan Gilmore? I pay the man. I think it's one of those situations the where, well, they've already committed to using the option on him, but I'm hoping that they do what they did with Darius and get it done before that ever becomes a, a, a viable thing. <sighs> All right, guys. I swore, I rant, I raved, I tweeted nasty things. 
I was a royal jackass about this entire game, and I feel like I'm justified, and I'm not going to apologize for anything I say or do in relation to that. But it's over. <laughs> that was last week. We're going to wrap it up. This week, we've got our hero in zero, and we're going to start off with my personal hero of the game, Sammy Watkins. So that is why I am better than everyone in the world. Kiss my and suck my everyone. The guy, come, the guy comes in on a bum leg. He shouldn't even have been out there, but he did. He knew we were playing a stiff competitor. You know, everyone complained earlier in the week about, oh, Sammy's complaining about not getting the football and all of these things. The guy comes out at less than 100%, but knows it's a big game that he needs to get up for. He got his ass out there on the field and led all receivers. Four for 48 and a touchdown. Uh, and on that touchdown play, you could tell he, something happened. He pulls his, he pulls his calf. And he still manages to rope the ball in, go to the ground, and secure it without dropping it. I thought he played like a warrior, in my opinion, in that first half. The whole first half, he was noticeably slowed. They were rolling double coverage towards him, and yet he still managed to outproduce everyone else on my team, on our team. To me, that's that's the kids got it. Now we just need to get him healthy. <laughs> he needs to be healthy for us to ever have a shot at this, especially with Percy with his hip. And personal issue. <laughs> and our zero of the week award, once again, two weeks in a row, goes to Ryan, Rex Ryan and the entire coaching staff. Fool this man! This is just another chance for me to take a shot at this ever-growing pinata that is becoming Rex, that is Rex Ryan and his assembled coaching staff. Like I said earlier, a game that we could have made some halftime adjustments and really still kept, you know, even without Sammy and still found a way to fight through this thing. We started it flat. After that first touchdown drive, we were flat on offense. We came out flat footed on defense. We ended the game flat. Pissed away home field advantage. It's, it's, I I don't even know what more you can say about it. You're paying fans to deserve better than this. And when I got to walk out of the stadium time and time and time again with a bad taste in my mouth about our coaching staff and about the way you're utilizing our talent, you're, you're the asshole this week. It's what you are, Rex Ryan is you're my, you're my personal asshole of the week. Hopefully you, hopefully you do something this weekend that gets you out of the doghouse and proves to me that you're not just some blowhard talking about how great he is at coaching a defense. You're going to be happy Sunday morning when uh, the game's over and we just shut down Blake Bortles? I'll be happy when we lose a game and Rex Ryan doesn't come to the podium and give me a mouthful of coach-speaking cliches. That's when I'll be happy because that'll mean that he finally gets it. That's what they all do. And it's I don't like it as a producer because... They're just clips that I can't use. I hear that from everyone else. Say something special to me so I can play it on our podcast. What about college coaches, man? They they do. A, I've seen some awesome college post game interviews. Oh, the best is um, Oklahoma State. Is that the one where he's like, I'm a man. Yeah. You come to me, I'm a man. He's beating his chest. (laughs) Why can't NFL coaches just just have post-game conferences like that? That would be awesome if they had had press conferences (laughs) like that. 
I think it was Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State head coach. Oh, man. Because someone in the new local newspaper attacked their quarterback, and he just went after him. Come to me. Nick, Nick Saban. I'm a man. Nick Saban goes at the media. He said it last before they beat uh, before they beat Texas A and M. He was like, you know what? He goes, you guys all want to throw dirt on us and act like we're done. He's like, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna com- keep compete. He goes, it's not about you guys. We're not doing it for you. He goes, I don't even. He goes, I'm not even out here doing this for you. He goes, this is for them. <laughs> he goes, you guys, you, you guys can say and think whatever you want. He most coaches despise the media. Most players don't like the media. And with good reason. But at the same time, I think that the far more entertaining post-game press conferences and midweek press conferences come from the college ranks, not from the NFL level. The NFL is too corporate. It's the no-fun league. You can, no, coach, no coach can come out and say what he really wants to say, and it's really disappointing. What was the last excellent NFL head coach press conference that you could think of? The ones that come – the. One that comes into my mind was the Monday night game, Arizona and Chicago. Dennis Green. And he flipped out on the podium. You're right. I think that was the last excellent post-game press conference that I can mm-hmm. think of. Yeah. I mean, there there really haven't been a two um, – there, there haven't been a whole lot of remarkable ones. ones There's that, that one. Then playoffs from Jim Mora. Uh, playoffs? <laughs> We're talking yeah. about playoffs? You kidding but the, me? But that's the thing. There's so there's so few of them that you have to reach all the way back to Jim Mora and you know. Well, how about Mike Singletary? Mike Singletary, the game in the game that in reality probably saved Vernon Davis's career. Think about that. Where he comes out, he goes, "I can't win with him. Just can't play with him. Can't do nothing with him." Called him out. In front of everybody. Because they're like, why'd you send him to the locker room mid-game? Can't win with a guy like that. Vernon Davis came back and said that that was a wake-up call for him. He admitted that if he hadn't been coached by Singletary right there, he would have gone on to just be a crap teammate to everyone he ever played with. And the moments like that, and that's the thing. Moments like that are important. You know? You need... Great players look at that and they they take motivation from it. They say, "Here's a coach who's willing to put his reputation, his personal reputation, on the line to send a message." That's why I just wish I could get some of that from Rex. I mean, every, his reputation shot at. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's a blowhard anyway. Why not act like it? Maybe he's towing the line right now because he, you know, he's trying to make a good impression for the Pagulas. But I. Cut it loose, Rex. All right, let's go get a goddamn snack. All right, well, now that I've got all that out of my system and I've got another one of these in my hand, (laughs) it's time for the AFC's roundup. We're going to start this off with the Jets. The Jets have had an easy schedule, and in all honesty, the the competition hasn't been stiff. (laughs) I mean, really, if you look at the schedule as a whole, they don't play a whole lot of... Tough competition outside of the Patriots for the rest of their schedule. I mean, think about this. They've won their games against the Browns, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Colts, and the Redskins. We play most of those teams. Our schedules. They all have losing records. Yeah. Our schedule, the, our schedule and the Jets schedule, the exact same minus two games. Yeah, minus the two games that mattered because 
Thanks to us finishing ahead of them in the standings, they drew the Browns and we drew Cincy. How'd that work out for us? Not good yet. Not good. Not good. So this week, they get the Patriots. They got to go to Foxborough, try to beat the Patriots in a place where typically they don't lose. I mean, it'll, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to try to watch it, watch the highlights, see what, you know, see what goes on just to see if, just to see if there's something that. Well, that game will be on right after. Oh, yeah. Right after our game on CBS. We get that local. Who's calling it? Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. And Where's my boy Spiro this week? Spiro Ditas is in Miami, Houston at Miami. Yeah. Spiro Ditas. God. We get uh, Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon. Well, speaking of Miami, well, and I'll tell you this. Right now, the Jets look like the only team that can keep pace, keep pace because of their weak schedule, might be able to keep pace with the Patriots for the lead in the division. So this is a big game. It's a big game for, for the Jets. This is their first one against... Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. This is the first one. You mentioned Miami. Hey, let's talk about the Dolphins. They seem... Who saw that coming? I'll be honest. I picked them to lose. I picked them to lose, but apparently Dan Campbell found a way to put a, put a spark. You know, put a spark back in that team, let a fire under some asses. Their offensive line finally played like an offensive line. Like they belonged in the NFL. And for the, for the first time all season, as my fantasy football teams can all painfully uh, note, Lamar Miller finally got used the way he's supposed to be, and he put up 113 yards and a touchdown. They have the weapons on offense to be a good football team. They just needed someone to use them to their full potential and cut them loose. Their coach's personality was milk toast, and the team took on the same personality. You know? And maybe this is the thing they need to turn their season around. Who knows? They're going to go up against a Houston Texans team that just finally picked their quarterback after flip-flopping three times? Three they, or four. They had Hoyer. They'll do it again. Don't worry. Then they worry. had Mallet. Then they had Hoyer, and then they weren't sure, but now they're sure it's Hoyer. <sighs> Throw Tom Savage in there. Get him a start. They finally figured out their quarterback, but now they got to play some damn defense. That defense was touted as one of the best in football, and it's been a sieve. It's been a sieve this season. It's the thing that's tanked their football team. Unfortunately, because of that, I don't see a world in which Miami doesn't win this football game. I don't think that uh, Houston will win. I mean, just offensively, stay away from J.J. Watt, and you should be fine. That guy's an animal. Dude, it's going to be the DeAndre Hopkins show again. Anyone who follows fantasy football, I'm sure, because I was playing against him that night, remembers the, the night where... He caught 200 and something yards worth of passes because nobody would cover him. I have a fear that it's going to be that all over again because Miami's winning by so much they just don't care. It's This game could get ugly. And then that brings us to the Patriots. The Patriots just come off a game where the scoreboard makes it look a lot closer than it was, but it's the first time someone held them to a reasonable football score. I'm, I was dumbfounded. I didn't even bother watching the game because I thought it was going to be... I, I thought it was going to blow out. I just kept following the box score. I had work to do. I kept following the box score. I took the dog for a walk, you know. Watched. I thought they were going to drop 50 on Indianapolis easy. By had work to do, I mean I watched Stand By Me, made a meatball sandwich, walked the dog. <laughs> oh, 
they beat an underwhelming indie team, and now they're 5-0. and This week, they get to play the Jets. <laughs> they're 4-1, and and like I said before, they're the best challenge to the division crown. I can say it. I would rather eat glass than chew for those ass clowns. I would. But this week, I, I got to root for the Pats to take these guys down. Show us where their weaknesses are. If anyone can do it, it's the Patriots. It's going to be a wake-up call for uh, Todd Bowles. This I hope so. This is his first matchup against Belichick. My fear is them winning this game because then at that point, that just sends us off into a whole other dimension of screwed that I don't even want to think about. No, I don't think, I don't think that Bowles will be able to handle Belichick and Brady. This game has made that game has major wild card implications. And my suggestion is all of you find your ass in a seat and uh, take it in, take it in. Speaking of the wild card, this is the first time this season that the Bills are no longer in control of their own wild card destiny. We've got ten games left. And from the look of things, we're going to have to come up with at least seven of them in order to have a solid, solid opportunity to advance. Can you find seven wins on your schedule? I don't know. They need to figure this shit out. Think about this. Jaguars. The next three Jaguars this weekend, if they don't win this game, it's going to rain fire in It's going to rain fire here in Buffalo. Brimstone. <laughs> just, just end of days, locusts. There's going to be... <laughs> sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria so even with a win against jacksonville this weekend we're going to come back from our bye week and get to play our entire division week after week after week sunday afternoon thursday night monday night it's the, this is the, i mean the, the way we're playing right now this is the gauntlet this is it if you want to be a playoff team this is your widow maker right here we have got to go no worse than 2-1 and one through that stretch if you want to be playing football week 18. It's that simple. If you want it, this is where we're going to have to. They're going to have to take that bye week and figure out who the hell they are, get as healthy as they possibly can, and then take a legitimate shot at these teams and hope they can find a way to come out on top. Because if not, we're in a lot of trouble. I mean, you look at the rest of our schedule after that, and it gets soft. You know, Chiefs. The Chiefs without Jamal Charles don't scare me. They, I mean, they're 1-5 for a reason. All you got to do is double up their tight end. They don't throw <laughs> the wide receivers. The Texans, again, not a terrifying football team. Avoid J.J. Watt. The Eagles, it depends on what Eagles show up. Is it the Eagles that smash the Jets? Or is it the Eagles that seem to find ways to just fumble away a lot of their early games? What happened on Monday night? Didn't, did the Eagles, I didn't watch oh, the Oh, they game. crushed the Giants. They well, yeah, I saw them. they crushed them. Didn't they turn the ball over a lot? Yeah. They, 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 I think Bradford is now at nine interceptions for the season. He's, it's, it's possible, which is why we have to get our pass rush working, because those will be there for our secondary. If you push the issue, you can't just keep dropping back into coverage. With the state of the NFL the way it is, you cannot just drop back in coverage and hope that your guys are better than their guys. You have to put pressure. That's what wins you. It's what wins you football games. It's what wins you Super Bowls. Pressure and coverage because it's a passing league. As much as Rex doesn't want to admit it, it is a passing football league. So it's Chiefs, Texans, Eagles, the Redskins. The Redskins' offense doesn't scare me, but their defense has been impressive. 
I mean, they did t- a real good job a couple weeks ago against Atlanta. Atlanta. They held Atlanta down until late in the fourth quarter. For the, Atlanta had to mount a serious comeback against those guys, which to me is impressive because that's a you're talking about a team that had a quarterback, a team that had a quarterback and decided to move on from him and put in a guy who the last time anyone saw him, he threw five interceptions on Monday Night Football. And then they turn around and give him, give him the reins and – from what I can see, the results haven't been earth-shattering. I mean, you're getting mostly what you thought they would be. They're a 2-4 and four team, but they play tough defense. And that's the thing that's going to keep them in a lot of football games this season. And if our offense is still shaky come that game, that game could turn into a fistfight. Nobody wants that. Then we get the Cowboys at home, which Tony Romo will be back by then, just in time to play spoiler to our playoff hopes. I look at that game much like I look at the Oakland game from last year. Because I'm sure by that point in the season, with as poorly as the Cowboys have played without Tony Romo under center, I just don't see I don't see them being overly relevant at that point. I think a lot of their season will have passed them by already. I think that but I do think that they'll come to Buffalo and do everything they can to ruin our playoff shot. That game scares the hell out of me. And then we finish it against the New York Jets at home, which is likely going to be a game that decides our fate. I'm sorry. I I have a hard time picking out seven wins out of this group of games. What do you think? I think I I can find seven wins. Let Let me pull up or sketch. Well, you don't know it? How I don't, d- how I don't dare you? study it like you do. Jaguars, I see a win. I hate Miami so much that I always expect to beat them, and I can't get that out of my fandom. So I expect week nine, home game against Miami, that's a win. Jets, right now I take a loss because they're playing a lot better defense. And the way Fitz and Gailey work together with the uh, quarterback-OC combo there, New England, that's a loss. Mm-hmm. I can get a win on Kansas City, Houston, Philadelphia, and Washington. There's four, there's six, and then, is that right, four and six? Mm-hmm. Ja- Jags, Dolphins, Chiefs, Texans, Eagles, Redskins, we're going to have to beat either the, the uh, Cowboys or the Jets at some point. It'll be tough. <laughs> It'll be tough. Yeah. So we might just end up at 8-8. Eight eight. Which is what we're on pace for. Win, we loss, win, loss, win, we loss. We're on pace for 8-8. Eight eight. We're on pace to win this week in London. I don't know. I look at our schedule, and I just don't know how we come up with those seven wins to get us to 10 with the football that we're playing right now. A lot of that has to do with our injuries. A lot of that has to do with our injuries. I mean, let's let let's run down the current list of injuries. McKelvin's actually going to start playing this, practicing this week. I heard he was going to practice today. Well, he did. He practiced with the team. Okay, He's not going to play. He's not going to play this week. They do well to get him back into the swing of things, get him with, you know, I don't think it's a rush to get him back with the way that Darby is playing. No. No, it's not. So ease him in. When he's ready, he's ready. I would roll him out after the bye week. Marquise Goodwin, gone for the year. 
The dude is fast, but he's made of glass. I don't think he's ever going to be anything for this roster. Nope. Go have fun in the Olympics, buddy. Aaron Williams. We won't see him again until week 14. He's gone. Injury reserve, designated to return. (laughs) Sierra Wood. Done. He played one game for us. Dude blows out his knee. Aaron, Aaron Williams, the, that injury is the most deflating, I think. He's the you know, you look at him like he's the most tenured guy of the secondary. He's the guy everyone looks to to be like, oh, there's our a playmaking safety. I think he's an underrated leader on our defense. They, they're going to have to figure out how to get by without him. And by the time he comes back, our season very well may be over. I don't believe that. Well, then someone's got to step up then. Duke Williams is stepping up. <laughs> For Mia Khalifa, <laughs> he's gonna earn them D, earn them right, earn them rights to DM. Son, get out there and get it. <laughs> Marquise Gray, broken arm. He was a guy that I was super intrigued by because his athleticism gave an extra little wrinkle we could roll at teams with him and Clay both out there on downs. And now that's over. We lost that for the season. <laughs> Ty Powell, our backup inside linebacker, gone for the season. That happened early. Darius Wynn, again, another tr- another training camp casualty. Carlos Williams now hasn't played in three games because of his concussion. I mean, he got the concussion two weeks ago. He hasn't played in two. He's not going to play. He didn't fly to London. I don't buy any of this BS that Rex is, Rex is trying to sell about. They didn't make the trip, but they are not ruled They're out. They're not ruled out. They, they just not. didn't travel with the team. You know, they, no, they didn't come to London. Out. They might play from their couches in Orchard Park. <laughs> so Carlos isn't going to play this week. Kyle's not going to play this week. And his PCL injury is said to be significant. They're calling it a three- to four-week injury. I'm confident that Charles or Bryant can step in and fill that role nicely. We're going to need it. God help us if they can't. Our right tackle, Sean Charles Henderson. Not going to play this weekend with a concussion. Sammy Watkins, not going to play this weekend with an ankle. (laughs) He went down hard last week. Like I said, the dude's a warrior. Anyone who doubts his, I doubted his toughness. I thought he was soft. I saw that play, and it sold me on him. I'm sorry. The dude was injured before he got into the end zone. You could see him starting to limp in, catches the ball, and just goes down in a pile. But made sure he hung on to the football. God, we got to get him back because without him, our offense is lacking playmakers. Speaking of which, Percy Harvin, also doubtful, not only because he has a hip injury, but also because apparently he has some trouble with his visa. So I didn't hear that. I just hear, I've heard personal issue. Personal issue is a nice way of saying he couldn't get into the country. Is that because he's black? <laughs> No, it's not because he's black. Idris Elba's one of my favorite people of all time. He's British. God. In any event, Marcus Easley. Marcus Easley's hurt. One of the best special teams players on our team. And he's not guaranteed to play Sunday. That's actually a good thing because he won't be offsides on the opening kickoff. (laughs) I hate you. And then Tyrod Taylor. Still listing him as questionable even though we all know E.J. Manuel is starting this football game. I mean, how do you overcome that? <laughs> Who Our starting wide receivers, 
Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Bob Woods. Robert Woods. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you had to make that noise right there tells you everything you need to know about the Buffalo Bills wide receiver situation. Denarius Moore would be the answer. Denarius Moore is the other wide receiver on this roster. And guess what? I don't trust him to do anything. I'll put the ball on the turf for you. I swear I could have thrown everything within our... <laughs> If, if there was anything on the table in front of me, I would have thrown it on the ground at the moment when he fumbled that ball. For one of these uh, upcoming seasons, you should actually have, like, breakaway coffee tables that you can just <laughs> smash when you get mad. Stunt furniture? Yeah, just that you can break. Hopefully you'll do that to, uh, over at your girlfriend's on Sunday because we will be watching the game. Sunday morning. Live broadcast action. So, (sighs) Jags game. Starts at 9.30 in the morning. Who's up? Who's going to be watching? Hopefully all of you jerks. Because if you're not, then you're losers. And I don't want you listening to my podcast. Because that means you don't care. It interests me that the Jags aren't getting to England until Friday. I think it's Thursday. Thursday or Friday, put it at that. Thursday or Friday, they're getting in. Okay, so London. what do you get? One day of practice on. You get one day of practice on the field. They get to practice in sunny Florida right now. <sighs> You're going to be playing on a completely different turf. I think the idea of not getting there early and getting used to what you're going to a brand new surface that you probably haven't played on before. I'd want to get used to that first before I go out and play an actual game on it. This is the Doug Marone game. We said it at the beginning of the season. St. Doug. This is a game that we have got to win. If we don't, it'll be, it'll be disaster here in Buffalo. Fans, you know, fans walking off ledges, you know, people scre- you know, burning jerseys and parking lot. Okay, maybe it won't get that. People smashing coffee tables. People smashing coffee tables. In any event, if we lose this football game, shit is going to get crazy here in Buffalo, New York. Let me ask you this. Say the Jaguars win the football game. Does their offensive line carry Doug Marone off the field? <laughs> like Jim Schwartz. Exactly. Yeah. God help us. If I see Jim, if I see Doug Marone getting carted around on the field by his players, carried around like some kind of some kind of deity, I'm probably just going to take all of the beers, all of the beers that I can fit inside of like I'm going to turn my shirt into a bowl and I'm going to put all of the beers that I can into it. And I'm going to go sit in the bathroom in the dark by myself for the rest of the afternoon. That's where I'll be. <laughs> no joke. You'll find me, 49 points, Sienna, in the basement, in the bathroom, by myself. In order to win this game, we're going to have to be on point because I'll be honest, Bortles, Hearns, and Robinson scare me. They've got some They've speed. They've been killing it the last couple weeks. D- defenses, defenses know that it's coming and still can't stop it. Hearns played a very integral role in getting me $7 from DraftKings two weeks ago. 
It's a shameless plug. We better be getting paid for that, you jerk. We're not. Oh, not God. Yet. Not yet. Killing me. Okay, but in any event, Julius Thomas, Julius Thomas played well last week. All of their receivers seem to be on the same page as Bortles, and that scares the hell out of me. The thing is this. They have a Doug Marone coached offensive line, so we need to be able to take advantage of this. If Rex has – if I see Mario Williams dropping into pass coverage this week, that's it. I'm breaking something. Coffee table. Flipped. <laughs> All I know is that we need to be able to rush this line, hurry this young quarterback – and get on them early. On defense, we're gonna, on offense, we're going to struggle to move the ball. We talked about it earlier. Who is playing wide receiver? It's who's who when it comes to playing wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills right now. You're ha- you don't have any of your running. I mean, you've got LaShawn. He's got to He's, he's got to bring his A plus game. This is the game where this is the game that you bring LaShawn McCoy into and you say, LaShawn, we need you. All right, Shady? We need you. I need a buck twenty-five and two from you. That's what I need in order to win this football game. A buck twenty-five, a couple passing first downs, and two touchdowns. You are going to have to shoulder the load. This is the Rex Ryan football game where your game plan of we'll just wear him out with defense and running. This seems like the time when it would come in, when it would come in handy. So they're going to have to go out there and find a way to execute. We do get the return of our offensive line coach. Eric Cromer, baby. i murder your family. He's back. He's back. He's, oh, it, it can't happen soon enough. We need somebody to figure out what's going on with these guys and get them moving in the right direction. I get it. Everyone wants to say, oh, well, before you tell me, oh, Shady, he had 90 yards and a touchdown last week. Garbage. Their, their defense hasn't been good against the run all season. I expected that to happen. The thing for me is going to be this. Can we bring in another tackle? Is Quanjo going to get the start? We brought in a new player from somebody's practice squad. And Mills. Mills. Yeah, he's the tackle. Yeah, we signed Mills this week. Is he going to get the start at right tackle? I don't think so. He just joined the team this week. My assumption is going to be that Cyrus Quanjo is getting our start. And you know what? Quanjo did his best at, at, at camp when Cromer was around. I just we have to hope and pray that that's the key to getting this guy to play like a second round draft pick because if not we 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 wasted that pick. Is there anybody on the Jags front line that kind of scares you when it comes to like a matchup against Quanjo? Send Derek Marks. He's got speed. He's got speed, and that's the thing that scares me. I mean, the fact that they lost their you know their rookie pass rusher. Dante Fowler this year was, I mean, that's heartbreaking. In the first practice. In the first practice, not even an hour in, the guy tears his ACL. You're just snake bit as a franchise at that point. But from a defensive line perspective, the Jaguars aren't exactly terrifying, but the thing that they have is they have this, um, you know, they've got a couple guys. They've got a couple guys, Sanderic Marks, they're going to have Puzlesny back. Hello, I've never heard of you before. (laughs) They're going to have... They're going to have Puzlesny back, which I think is going to be a big deal. Because he has always been a solid, but not exactly spectacular 
middle linebacker. But against a team like ours, I mean, he, I think he's serviceable enough in pass coverage that against a tight end like Clay, he could probably cover him, you know, do a decent job of covering a player like that. So now we're, you know, who are our playmakers? Where are we going to make hay on defense? Their cornerbacks really aren't anything to brag about. Their safeties aren't anything great. Where are we going to make hay? Because our playmakers right now, our biggest ones are Robert Woods and Charles Clay. Hello, I've never heard of you before. I hate you. (laughs) Charles Clay is going, in my opinion, this game comes to Shady and Clay. This is your game to win, boys. Our two, we traded for one of you, big free agent acquisition. These are the games where you guys need to step up and win us a football game. You have to. It's on them. So what you're saying is I should have Chuck Clay and Shady McCoy on my DraftKings lineup this week. I would believe so. Because in all honesty, I think that that's what it's... Their defense isn't anything to write home about. But their offense, if you let them throw, they'll, they'll, they'll put up numbers in the air if you let them. We need to find a way to clamp these guys down early. We need to grind them on the ground, get a couple touchdowns, move the chains with our tight end and possession receiver, and find a way to get around these guys. Yes, we're banged up. Yes, we don't have all of our talent, but the the hell with the excuses. Got to use what you have. If you are a playoff football team, you find a way to win this football game. It's that simple. And that leaves us with this, Chris. Who do you like this weekend? I like Buffalo. What do you think the final score is? Because I'm a fan of Buffalo, and I live here. It'll be the Bills. I think they're going to win 27-13. to 27-13, huh? Yeah. I'm very – I'm Rex Ryan confident in 27-13. to 13. So not really. Well, I called for two touchdowns for Shady if we want to win. I believe we win. You got to get at least twenty-one points <laughs> to hope for a victory. I think it's going to be two shady, two shady touchdowns and a slew of field goals, just a barrage of field goals because we're in a dome and he's going to be able to air it out. I think three field goals, two touchdowns, fourteen. Uh, we're going to go twenty-three. We're going to go twenty-three seventeen. Buffalo over Jacksonville. I better we better be right because the GR post game show at that'll be at what like one o'clock. That'd be too much to handle to listen to people call in. I told you where I'll be. Yep, I won't be listening to the post game show. I'll be in the bathroom in the dark with all of the beers that I can carry. Well, we will be together for that game, so I will make sure that I will... I'll have my computer, because we're going to do a podcast after the game on Sunday morning. I'll have the computer. I'll have my speakers. I'll just go to the WGR website and listen live and turn it all the way up. God, I hate you. (laughs) That's right, folks. Next week, we're going to do a live show from my basement. We're going to get a lot of live audio. You know, on the spot reactions. If you guys want to see the uh, the disaster that is Drew Gear drinking beer and watching a sporting event in person, that's something I wouldn't. You know, I have a hard time subjecting my own family to that. But unfortunately, you, as our listeners, 
are gonna get a just gonna get an earful. And by listeners, Drew means our mothers. <laughs> so, guys, I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed. Didn't get a single email this week. You know, we set up our uh, Gmail account. Rockpile Report seven one six at gmail dot com at Rockpile Report on Twitter. Also, we're on Twitter at Rockpile Report. We also have a new website, rockpilereport.podbean.com. dot com. That is the only spot where you you will be able to find our podcast. No more SoundCloud. Strictly Podbean. Search the Rockpile Report, and you can listen to all of our previous episodes. Yeah, because I'm sure that's what everyone wants, is more of me ranting and raving into a microphone about the Buffalo Bills. People like that? <laughs> Why do you think First Take on ESPN is, gets awesome ratings? Because they say dumb stuff. Stephen A., dumb stuff. Skip Bayless says dumb things. Johnny Manziel will be bigger in Cleveland than... LeBron James, write it down. <laughs> Skip Bayless said that. <laughs> In any event, I don't give a damn about those guys. What I give a damn about is the Buffalo Bills winning this weekend in Jacksonville. Next week, I really want to get this mailbag going, guys. I got to hear from you. You know, good, bad, and different. If you think I'm a jerk, you think I make good points, you want to talk to me about something, you want to hear a point that you brought up discussed, let me know what you think. All right? That's what I'm here for. That's why we do this. You can get a hold of me. Like I said, rockpilereport716 at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at rockpilereport on Twitter. Then, uh, you know, just tell us what you think. I want to hear it. Let's make a run at this. All right? Because I know some of you jerk-offs out there have opinions. Don't, Don't make me sit here and be the only blowhard yelling into a microphone. Exactly. Let us hear your opinion. Email us, tweet at us, at Rockpile Report, facebook.com slash the Rockpile Report. That thing sucks. I'm killing it. All right, then we'll just do Twitter, at Rockpile Report. In any event, guys, we're going to call it a night here. I'm going to go have another Chardonnay, think about work in the morning, and <laughs> try to figure out what's going to happen with these Buffalo Bills. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. And this has been the Rockpile Report.